Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. Because they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Are you ready now? Oh, I'm sure this is math. Tom? <laughs> Robert? Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, that's us How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So, here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. Just think that this is a car company that is run by super Auto geeks. Oh, yeah, the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Tesla. You don't even have Tesla. I remember that. You've got a Model I've X. seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Have we introduced the show yet, No, by the we're way? about to get started. Ready? Let's do it. Ready? What? We're recording. Hey, hey we're here. Here, we're, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Talking Tesla 85. That's 85. a lot of shows. That's a lot of shows, Mel. That's uh, it's like 85. Yeah. It's like uh, 15 less than 100. We could go on and on with the math. Hey, did you guys see the attempt on the uh, sub-two-hour mile, the marathon? You know, Roger Bannister in like 1954, I can't remember exactly the date, um, he broke the four-minute mile. Huge, huge barrier. And after he broke it, a lot of people started breaking it. It was a psychological yeah. barrier. You know what the doctor said before he broke it? It's impossible. You'll that, die. That you would die. Yeah, I know. And yeah. he was in med school and said, even I know that this is physiologically ridiculous. There is no difference between 401 and 339, uh, 59. So anyway, Roger Bannister broke that. So they're trying to break the two-hour mark in the marathon, which is an extraordinarily fast pace. Why do anybody on Talking Tesla care? Does anybody on Talking Tesla care who's not a runner? I do. You care? Why do you care? Because I want to use their tricks to shave um, maybe, I'd say, 10 minutes off my 5K. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. So this I would is love a- to run under 20 minutes. Wow, that's fast. So uh, this is all actually a bit of a marketing ploy by Nike. You have new shoes coming out. They didn't quite do it. They were like 20 seconds off, which is unbelievable. They ran at 4 minutes 34 pace or something crazy. Really good effort. Show, you know, reduce the time for the marathon by two minutes. But why do Talking Tesla people care? I don't know, but it was May 6th. So two days ago, yes. 1954. You were correct. It's so, like 63 years oh my to the day. Um, so you care because... When you are pacing people in something like this, it's not like a normal race. You have a pace car. And the pace cars used to be ice cars. Guess what the pace cars were? Guess what I'm, I'm they gonna were? Guess. I'm going to guess because of the show guess. that they were electric. Ed? And they were Teslas. Yes. Whoa. It was so cool to watch this with See my how son. I reached there with wow, the info, for information? They had these beautiful Teslas as pace cars, and it was Wonderful. Nice. Who supplied the Teslas? Did Tesla supply them or was it like – Nobody knows. It's unknowable. It's it's unknowable like <laughs> completely? It's an unknown unknown it's or unknowable. is it a known an unknown known? And I've got some good news. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Ready? You've got good news at the beginning of a show? Look at how happy I am. Oh, you are very happy. You're you very are. Fri- I've seen more frivolic. teeth than I've seen in a long time. <laughs> I put some extras in. Wow. <laughs> wow. Look at you. Uh, the Wavy Line update. We've got a couple of letters from people saying, you know, uh, the stick about the Wavy Lines. It was funny the first 800 times. I thought uh, it was funny. So much. I actually thought, thought it was funny the first 1,100 times. And then when I started doing it, yeah. I thought that may have been what pushed the whole thing over yeah. the edge. Yeah, a couple of people were like, okay, we get it. Go get the car fixed or <laughs> shut the hell up. Well, the good news is I don't know what happened. There was no update that I specifically got. But on the freeways, mm-hmm. the Wavy Line thing is much better. But not gone. 
not completely gone, not as good as some friends I have, and on the streets, on the side streets, better, but still pretty wavy, but improving. I don't know what's going on. Maybe the camera is just sort of calibrating more. It's vibrating itself back into position. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it is. Now, there was supposed to be a whole bunch of software updates in the last uh, week or so. But Elon's been very busy. A whole bunch? Well, two. And I haven't gotten either of them. Have you two, got these software first in the off, last week? Two is not a whole bunch. Well, that's more than one, which is a bunch. <laughs> well, I received the main one, which was 17.17.4. Which gave you extra what bits? So now, uh, if I chose, and I tried it on the way here, but it's not something I really care to use, but you can use autopilot on a highway. Not, it used to be limited at 80 miles per hour. Now you can go to 90 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, baby. They took off the That's speed. That's over the speed limit. Oh, really? Not in Germany. <laughs> We're not in Germany. You know that, right? I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they took off the speed limit on side streets or, or smaller streets. So it used to be 35 miles an hour. Now it's unlimited. Uh, so you have to be responsible. And uh, they also added... Um, a new pull-down menu for all of the Easter eggs. So if you look at the – I've got it on my phone, and obviously since i am now been ejected from the main Talking Tesla studio <laughs> and I'm in some alternative N- box studio. Nobody knows what that means, Robert. I just took a picture and I'm going to send it out. <laughs> hey, you got to follow the Twitter feed. I don't know if you guys can look about. at me, but I'm probably all backlit. No, I can't see I you. I can see you perfectly, perfectly clear. <laughs> and that is the one finger salute, Robert. How dare you? Yeah. I didn't. First off, hey. for the record, I didn't put you in that room, No, but I did have a vote in it. Why? Why weren't you in the room? Why wasn't so I? So go that on. Room? Go so on. this you, is very visual. If you look at here. if you look at the you know you you tap on the Tesla symbol on the center screen for yep. those of you who have a Tesla, and you get your picture of your car. It tells you how many miles, etc. At the very top, there's a little arrow pull down signal. When you pull down on that, it doubles in size, and you see the Easter eggs that are out there. So you'll see the Bond car. Mm. You'll see the. Mario uh, goofiness. You'll see the mm-hmm. the little um, unicorn if you want to do the notepad. Uh-huh. And there was a fourth one. Now I just just blanked. But it you tap on those and it'll give you a little highlight. Like how do you get to that? So that's meh. cool. I sent in a drawing yeah, by the way. Oh Did yeah. You? Mm-hmm. I hit publish. Yeah. I don't know what happens to it, it after that. That's Where, what, what I happens want to, know. to them. I think the Tesla engineers have it on their screensaver, and they just laugh at them because they know, you know. Some of them. I are think pretty Elon's good, got them on his fridge. It could be. I bet you there's. <laughs> it's a really big. It's a really big fridge, though. Yeah, yeah, he can afford one. Hey, let's talk about the boring machine. So, uh, you know, uh, Elon gets on the Twitter and says, "I'm trying to work out a name for the new boring machine." I had and one. The Twitterverse goes nuts. Go, give us one. I so I I sent this at Elon via yes. my personal Twitter because for some reason I was having a hard time logging into the Talking Tesla Twitter. Sorry, and it was too many characters to even at you guys or at us guys. I think is how that works. Yeah, at or a hashtag at, at none of it. I couldn't fit any of it because I wanted to make sure that he knew I wasn't being snarky. Right, the pipe dream. Nice. Oh, you were being <laughs> snarky, but very But fast. I wasn't. I didn't mean it to be because it's his dream. And it's a pipe. To build these pipes. Well, just. 
I think Syndic- it's pretty good. Yeah, there's a, a couple one. tweets. So there's a couple other ones that uh, I like. There were hundreds of them, but here's a couple. Snoop Dug, <laughs> Dirk Diggler. I don't like that one at all, by <laughs> that, the way. That's a reference. <laughs> William Burroughs. Come on. I do like that one. Diggy McDigface. One of my favorites. I don't that's like that favorite. one. The Elongator. That one very good. is very creepy. Uh, Molly, Molly, Molly. I don't know. <laughs> From the Austin Powers movies. Uh Andy Dufresne from, from Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, which is, which is pretty good. good one. <laughs> uh, David Attenborough, which I do like oh, as well, and he is the best narrator of Ever. science uh, and nature shows in the history of the planet. He could maybe narrate the whole thing digging. I don't know. Morgan Freeman's pretty damn good too. He's not better than Attenborough. He's good. He's thought... better than Sigourney Weaver, though. I will tell I saw... you that right now. Uh... <laughs> Oh gosh, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of British version names, and I like from the Daily Mail, Tunny McTunnel, Tunnel, Tunnelly McTunnel face. That's a goodie. You know, McDonald's that... put the kibosh on that one though. That's a uh, new burger. Okay, uh, Robert, uh, you've been experimenting with your new Model S. What's yes, going on? What are you the, talking about? The here? Gen Four. I've been playing a lot with the autopilot. I've been having a lot of shifts, a lot of time on the road, getting to trust it more and more. So I discovered more about it. I've just developed another move. I know Tom doesn't like my test Lotus position, which I thought was actually quite effective if you're a bit uncomfortable and you really want to be at the ready. So I've developed the now the Tesla wiggle. You use an index finger. You just rest it on the steering wheel. And when the light starts flashing that it's time to show that you're awake and alert, you just wiggle the wheel just a tiny bit. I've taken some videos of it and I'll post them on Twitter. But it's the least amount of energy and it's the most uh, noticed by the Tesla. So if you actually try and grab the wheel and move the wheel, you could easily disengage autopilot. And some people have complained in the past that they have disengaged autopilot and didn't realize it. So it's still cruising along at whatever you've set the speed and it's not staying in the lane because it's off. But do you feel like you are prepared to take over the car, Robert, with one finger at the ready? Well, I mean, my other my hands are are, are I'm asking. It's a, it's a very simple question. Yeah. Do you feel yes. like you're prepared to take over? It's the- just another method for you to interface with the car and get it to do what you want it to do. And right. I um, you said this last week, I believe. Or maybe it was version 1.0 of your new Tesla Wiggle. And I've been using it since then. And it's really very good. It's just tap, 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 tap. Yeah, it's so very cool. easy it, in the car. Like I said, the car really recognizes it. And then I also was wondering, like, how often does the car want me to provide the Tesla Wiggle? And I actually, over about a 30-mile stretch of highway between about 50 and 70 miles an hour, I had my timer going. I was using a lap timer, and I, I recorded that whole time, and it was disturbingly frequent, for me at least. I guess maybe I'm just too in love with autopilot, but for every like 47 to 50, uh, 67 seconds, you have to alert the car at highway speed. Which is pretty frequently. So, And if that, you're not going highway speed? Yeah, I don't know because my impression was when you put that number down there that when I was using it this weekend oh, in traffic, very slow, that it was like every five minutes. Right. It I seemed think it's like that. distance-based. I think it's distance-based. Uh, well, I mean, I guess that makes sense because distance uh, Time, equals distance. speed. Nobody knows how to do that calculation. Nobody knows. Robert and, probably does, but, he, but we're not going to let him. I also was complaining because it was raining in Southern California. It never rains. It was awesome. Yeah, it was okay. 
Anyway, was awesome. I was concerned. I wanted the windshield wipers to work and clear the window if I'm using autopilot because I don't want that, that little section of window up there to be you know, obscured. So I'm driving along and I thought, okay, I'll put on my windshield wipers. It's raining very lightly. And I put it on the first click, which normally would be a sensor intermittent. So if there's very little rain, it won't go. And if there's more rain, it'll go at a moderate speed. It just kept going. It didn't shut off the the wind the you know it's scraping across the window because there's no rain and the window's dry yet it continued to go and then I realized that in this new autopilot it's supposed to have that uh, rain sensor or rain modulated intermittent windshield wiper re-engage so it's we'll see R A W W rain aware windshield wiper it goes along with T A C C right I can't take all these acronyms <laughs> it's ridiculous well, T-A- so, you know what T A C C is right. Traffic aware cruise control thing. Correct. Excellent. Thank Very you. Very nicely done. And Bob. without an E at the end or a Y-E or a whatever. So Tesla Roddy actually went ahead and I found this late. It was just a recent article where they sort of inventory what's changed now with the 1717.1. I think uh-huh. that's the update. And so I put the link in there so we can put it in the show notes. On the plus side, your car will no longer attack you when you open the door and get you all wet, Robert. So you have that not to complain about, but you found something else to be upset about. So no, that's going to change now because now it is back to oh. sensing. So, you're gonna, so now it'll do what you want it to do, but it'll still make you wet when you open the door. Yeah, it won't do what I want it to do, period. Let's just put it at that. And so what's coming next is uh, sensing, disp- uh, I guess here, automatic lights. I guess that's what they've done. They've done automatic high beam dimming. They've done mm. autopilot at higher speeds. Speed limit sign detection. I'm not sure why that's changed. It's already been there. But was that maybe GPS before? I don't know. I what? don't know. Maybe. Mm. maybe it's it- learning how to read. It's so cute. Yeah, a little, yeah, so little cute. Mm. But I've been reading its stories. Soon we'll get perpendicular parking, which I'm looking forward to as well. Ooh. That'll help Mel. Perpendicular parking? Yeah. Is that like rocket parking, straight up and down? What is perpendicular parking? <laughs> <laughs> that means like you park sideways to a line? I don't – Yeah, what, that now. What the, that, you mean parallel It'll parking? It'll do it automatically. No, not parallel. So let's say you drive up uh, to a parking lot mm-hmm. and cars are parking – coming out oh, at you from the sides and you yeah, want it to okay. go into one of those spaces, you then That's can let it park perpendicular. I was in the wrong plane. Rockety parking up and down. Yeah. It's probably not good for uh, the car. <laughs> no, I mean, it'd be fun, though, to see like the car, like you get into a spot and all of a sudden it's like... It could fit more in there. Yeah. Oh, more efficient. I yeah. like that. More then efficient use of space on the earth. It'd be tough to get your doors open. Would it? I think so. <laughs> Not the Falcon. Keep going. How's, Anything else? How's, no, but I'm wondering, how's the Tesla stock doing today? <gasps> hey, Google, what's Tesla stock today? As of 11.32 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, the price for Tesla shares is $310.90 on NASDAQ, up 0.83% from last Friday. Schwing. 0.8%. Like Yawn. Week. I'm no math genius, <laughs> but a percent a week over time is a lot of percents. We'll get to that in a minute when we talk about that Chinese company. All right, let's uh, talk about the earnings call. Don't want to bury the lead, but we already have. So there was an earnings call last week, which four (laughs) times a year is a very special time if you're a Tesla fan. It is. It's like four Christmases if you celebrate Christmas. Yeah, or four Kwanzas or four whatever you celebrate. 
Birthdays. We wouldn't want four Passovers, man. That is depressing. It would be really depressing if you celebrated four winter solstices. That would be upsetting. That would be cold a lot. That's true. So let's talk yeah. about cash first, and then I'm going to go through the earnings call with some actual clips from the earnings call, and I'm going to get you gentlemen to discuss. But first of all, cash. And those of you who think that we're going to talk about almost anything else in the next part of the show, <laughs> it's not going to happen. This show is should be called The Earnings Call. We have to come up with a funny name that that's doesn't what it's mean Earnings be. Call, but that's what it really is. <laughs> hey, uh, production increased by 64%. That's a lot. They made 25,051 deliveries. In the quarter. They had gap revenue of $2.7 billion. That's a fair amount of cash. But oh. unfortunately, they burnt $362 million in cash. That says 623, so what's the number? Six hundred twenty-three million. You said three hundred and oh, but they made they lost overall three hundred and something million. Yeah, it was a little over two dollars a share. But in reality, the news that is good is that they've delivered a lot more cars. Their production rate is up. They're making good money, except they're spending it on things like Solar City and getting ready for Model Three. Yeah, they are putting a huge amount of cash back into getting Model Three ready, spending a lot of mm. money on infrastructure, building out. Uh, Superchargers, so uh, a lot of burn of cash, but that's okay. You got to do that if you want to be the biggest company in the world, which we'll get to. We should change that. It should not be burning cash. Are they really burning it? Yes. No, they're buying robots. They're right. buying engineering. They're, they're, I believe that again, it's sort of a the... colloquialism. Yeah, that's. It's <laughs> just. It's just part of the the nomenclature. We should change it of of the business industry. They're banking it. when you have. $80 billion, you can call it whatever you want, Robert. And I will. I will. I hope you do, buddy. Good. Hey, I'll so let's right go through you. this. Uh, one of the first questions was about Model 3 options versus S. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just try and make this maybe work. Maybe one Model 3 question here. I, I know it's maybe early days, um, but is there any way to gauge uh, sort of what you think the trim and option uptake is going to look like uh, on the Model 3 uh, just to give folks a, a, an idea of what the pricing and margin profile might look like? Thanks. I mean, it's, it's really guesswork at this point. Um, but if it were to be comparable to to what we see with, say, Model S or with other with what other vehicles in the market um, experience, it's, it's something like a twenty to thirty percent uh, increment over the range price would be the typical average. Uh, John, do you have any? Yeah, I think I think that's right, and and uh, and that's uh, you know we experience a little bit higher than that in Model S, uh, and uh, and Model S in comparison to Model Three has more range, has more power, has more cargo, et cetera, uh, and um, and we'll be introducing it to start of production. I think we'll be announcing our vehicle as we get closer to the start of production. What that vehicle, what those vehicle specs will be, but I think 20% is a is a fair fair number to use. Yeah, and actually just to reemphasize that, I, I might repeat that a few times on the call. Um, we want to be super clear that Model 3 is not version 3 uh, of, of our car. Um, the, the Model 3 is essentially a smaller, uh, more affordable uh, uh, version of the Model S with fewer features. Um, but the Model S and the Model 3 will be at the same level of technology. Um, and if you were to want, if you were to put a version on, say what I would say, we're probably uh, on version four of Model S, um, and Model Three will also be 
uh, version four. Um, you know, if you think of like the essentially the first when Model S first came out, just rear wheel drive, and then we had uh, dual motor all wheel drive. We had uh, initial hardware one autopilot, and then hardware two autopilot, um, and, and and there was uh, a facial refresh. Um, there have been roughly four versions of, of Model S, and we're on the we're on the fourth version. Model three would be also version four. It's a little confusing because uh, one's a, a, a letter and the other is a number, um, and um, but Model 3 was uh, supposed to be called the Model E. Um, but then Ford came to sue us, um, and, and then I thought we were being all clever by uh, calling it the Model 3. Uh, but actually, the joke's on me uh, because it caused confusion uh, the marketplace. So um, but we're doing our best to clear up that confusion so that people do not think that Model 3 is somehow superior to Model S. Actually, Model S will be better than Model 3, as it should be, because it's a more expensive car. Okay, good. Yes, very clear. Thanks very much. We're going to be a bit of a, you know, a broken record on, the, on, on this front, and, and, and it, the, the, the messaging might get a little annoying, but we really have to be emphatic uh, to clear up uh, an error which, for which I take full responsibility um, in... in, in, in um, and naming something that inherently would, would cause confusion in the marketplace. Okay. So um, there was actually two parts to that. So let's break this up. The first part was how much do you think people are going to um, option up their Model 3? And they say – That wasn't really the question. It was what are the options and costs and profits of – what are the specs and profits that you guys are uh, anticipating – I heard it as yeah. how much are the are people on average going to spec up, and I heard it in terms of dollars, and they said twenty percent, which means your thirty-five thousand dollar car is going to be uh, forty-two thousand dollars if you get the seven thousand dollar tax credit. Uh, what you heard was him asking, "What are going to be the right, things you can add so to your what's car?" What's going to be available? Because he talked earlier. I don't know if it was earlier or later, but at some point in the car call, they talked about how much profit they were making off each S. Yeah, so right? this Which was, was like $25,000. This was yes. Alex Potter, and he asked, what were the trim and option updates on Model 3 for pricing and margin profile? For pricing and margin, and margin is profit. But yes. the bottom line is, is they think that it's going to be like Model S. People are basically going to add 20 to 30% on top of that base price to get whatever options are available, and they're not revealing. But he's being real... I guess that's part one, right? Part two, for me at least, is Elon eating crow. Yes, a lot of crow, constant crow. He's been crowing about this for a while, <laughs> which is that he screwed up by his naming nomenclature. I don't really think he did personally, but anyway. Well, he seized on the three but it's, because Ford wouldn't give the E. Yeah, I get that. But he. I think really what happened is it wasn't the naming that has confused people. It's him Early and saying this is going to be the greatest, most wonderful, incredible car of all time. It's going to be so good. 
And he forgot to say, but it's not going to be quite as good as our really expensive car, the S and the X. And or he says that they called it a three and people don't really remember there was such a thing called a roadster, which was number one. S would be two. X would be three. So three would actually be four. People are thinking three means the third car. It's an improvement over the first two. And I've had that discussion with many people out in the world. And, uh, you know, I think... That that's a consideration that you don't necessarily able to predict everything ahead of time. I have not had that discussion with anybody. Have you? Like, who is confused by this? I get. I think you're absolutely one hundred percent correct, Mel. In that initially, when they announced the Model Three, it was like this is going to be an incredible Model S type experience for much cheaper. And now the base price of this car, I believe, even though they say 35 is really 45, right? Because they are including the tax credits or or maybe it's 425 where you get the federal and they're not counting in in the tax from the state, right? The state of California has an additional 2500. At least that's been my impression of it from the very get-go. So if we're talking 20% of base that's 42 plus let's call it $8,000 so about a $50,000 car in California about a $40,000 car on average the real question to me is does anybody believe when somebody asked him what 3 months away from probably the design studio and cars rolling off the production line does anybody believe he does not know what the specs and the profit margins of those specs are going to be. That's ridiculous. He does know. He's just of not course, telling you. Right. He knows. It's the Sean Spicer uh, you know, press conference where he gets asked a question and he sort of doesn't answer it. And then he goes off on this tangent about, I don't know, maybe I'm mad at Ford and I shouldn't have named it. Like, what the hell was that? No. Well, I don't know why you're mad about that, because at some point you have to have the reveal event and it has to be a big deal and it has to be secrets, just like Apple. So he's not going to tell you until they're ready, until they've got all their graphics in their PowerPoint presentation So say ready. that. Say that. Say that. Say that to well, the he people. Doesn't. Be, he doesn't. He doesn't say, this is what he should say. Look, we understand what the specs are and we understand what the pricing and the margin are going to be we're not ready to reveal that yet done and end of question why have why do you have to be like we don't know man we haven't quite figured it out yet nobody believes that he believes it no no he doesn't all right okay so am i wrong about that i'm not angry i just like that to me like i want honesty and transparency and i feel like that didn't come in the in the answer of that question okay fine wow he's the angry one today ladies and gentlemen boys and girls thankfully Somebody else takes the mantle of angry one. Well, now I'm not so upset that I'm stuck in this additional studio separated uh, from you guys because it's actually still cool in here. Do you disagree with me, Robert? You know, it does upset me to a degree that Tesla has this habit of throwing a lot of, I don't know, like wishy-washy stuff into things. So like you look up the price of your car and instead of it actually being the cash price, it's the price with the savings that you get from not buying gas and this and that. And and you have to kind of like dig a little under the surface to find out what am I really paying for this car? Right. And that's a perfect example because what if you drive a Volt currently? That $5,000 means absolutely nothing because you're not paying gas. You're not paying for gas for the most part. Right. Well, we seem to have gone on a little bit of a tangent right. here. I'm and, just uh, giving you another example. Uh, Robert just gave you another example. Thank you very much, Robert. Uh, warning. I've got to say, though, uh, well, if we're going to go down this, <laughs> go down this uh, 
I find the Tesla buying experience compared to normal buying experience much better. Because, yes, they say here's savings after gas and all this stuff, but the cash price is right there. The lease price is right there. I option it up. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what I'm going to pay. I don't have to haggle. I'm done. I get my car. I go and buy a car at a regular car place, but you've got to deal with a dude and you don't know what's going on. And they come out with a piece of paper and say, here, here's what we can do to get you in this today. The lease payment's going to be $300. I'm like, what's a residual? What's a... So a much better buying experience than normal. So I'm pressing back on you guys. Yeah. Tesla is a much better buying experience. I than didn't anybody say else. it wasn't better, but it's not as good as it could be. Well, you know, you got to consider the environment in which Tesla is selling cars. It's kind of a snarky, sharky kind of environment, and I still hold my hands up to them because it made buying a car like no no hassle. So what really concerns me for Model 3 reservation holders, mm-hmm. and there are many out there. We don't know how many. We don't know how many. There's many tons of them. <laughs> yes. Hard to know. Lots of tons. Is that many of these Model 3 reservation holders have also been sort of like playing with the stocks. They bought the Tesla stock and they're hoping that the Tesla stock will help them buy their Model 3 because it's a stretch for many people to buy the Model 3, even at the base price. The problem now is that they've been in Tesla from, I don't know, 150, 200, 225. Now we're well over 300. Everybody's all gung-ho. I'm going to get the extra, the really nice wheels. But the, all this talk, the, the price might go to 700 or 1,000. And now those poor, poor people who've got all this money in Tesla in the stock market are going to sell it for a Model 3, but they don't really want to sell it because it's going to keep going up. And what are they going to do? That's what I Those are two different people, in my opinion. But I don't know. Okay. Let's talk about loaner cars. All right. So uh, in the rare circumstance that your Tesla needs to go to the service center, hopefully in the future much rarer than it is right now because it ain't that rare, you often will get a loaner car. So here's what they're going to do with loaner cars. I think this is genius. A loaner Tesla. <clears throat> in fact, <clears throat> this will take us you know, a few months to, to fully deploy, but um, uh, our policy for service loaners is that uh, the service owner fleet will be the very best version of a Tesla that uh, is available. So if you have a, a, a Model X that comes in for service, uh, the service loaner you will get will, will, will be the absolute fully loaded state-of-the-art uh, P100D ludicrous um, best Model X that we have. Uh, the same for the Model S. Um, so uh, it'll be kind of thing where you, you hope the service takes a long time uh, because <laughs> you, you have the absolute uh, top-of-the-line Tesla as a service loaner. What do you think about that? Well, if it's in for body work, it will take as long a long time. That'd be pretty <laughs> sweet. So, they're working on it. I think it's, I don't know. Brilliant. I, I think it's genius. Yes. Absolutely genius. And I, the reason they're doing it is that the cost to them – my guess is from building a 70 to building a P100D is, is so incremental that it doesn't matter. But the price that they would get if they sold that P100DL, which is like $150,000, maybe more now because they've upped the price of the hundreds, versus the low-end model is quite a bit. It's like doubling the price of the car. Right. I understand that. But they have to make the cars anyways. They have what they believe is a robust resale market that they're building anyway. So they're going to get a lot of money out of that when they do decide to turn that car over because we both know, or all three of us know, they're not going to keep those P100Ds in the service fleet 
for a very long 20,000 miles and then bop them out, put a new one in there, right, with some some new things. That would be my guess. They're not going to drive them into the ground. They don't have really a record on this. I've had, I don't know, maybe six loners over the last four years. That's too many. Yeah, there's a problem right there in that statement, but go on. The fact that you've had to take your car in that many times, but we know this. Ask me if I'm disappointed. Are you disappointed? No, because I got one with the panoramic roof. I got one with the P85 Plus. I got another one that had autopilot on it. And honestly, when I got that last one for the autopilot, that's what pushed me over the edge to buy the car I have now. So that is the exact point right there. So this is genius because here's Mel who's been saying, I don't really need to accelerate the ludicrous mode. That's ridiculous. But let's say my car breaks. Let's say they gave me 100 DL. And guess what I'm going to do? The first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to take it out in the street and I'm going to go ludicrous on it. And there's a really good chance that if enough people do that, they say, I must have this. I cannot go back to four seconds at Zero to 60, that's ridiculous. I need 2.3. Or it's Thanksgiving and you take like five or ten friends and family members out in the car as well. I mean, this is all marketing and it's fantastic. And it it pushes people like Mercedes and BMW back on their butt because can they say something like that? I don't know that this is going to happen so quickly, but I think what this is driven by is the fact that the factory has caught up on Model X production, and they're pretty decently caught up on Model S production. And this came from a question because they were saying, hey, we're noticing your inventory is growing. And obviously, that means that you're not selling cars and Tesla's going to dump, etc. Everybody's looking to knock Tesla. But they said that, no, we're trying to get X's out to all of the uh, the, the sales location so we can have an X for a test drive and to bump up their loaner fleet, which they hope to never use. And there's probably a group of folks out there, luxury car buyers, yes. my guess, that won't buy a car unless they can drive it, right? Unless it exists, unless it's like, I can pick this up today. I'm not, I'm not, if I can't walk into a Tesla showroom, which isn't a showroom, and order my car and have it show up in 10 hours or 12 hours at my house, I'm not going to buy it. I don't want to wait 14 days. My, like, There's probably a lot of people like that. So if they can get ahead of this, of this build and they're building cars that they think people want, they may be able to sort of boost sales in the back end like in that way. I don't know. I mean, the Tesla model of ordering your car and then building it for you and it taking six weeks to 10 weeks doesn't seem to be putting much of a dent in the luxury car market people they have like would they say 30 percent of the luxury car market right i'm not saying that but 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 again and i'm not saying that but i'm saying there's another group of people who for them 14 days is probably too long hey uh, let's talk about superchargers and faster service because this whole p100 thing is about if you bring your car in then you get the best car and that's a sort of an upsell idea but um I don't want that, even though it's a fun car. I just want it done fast. But let's talk about superchargers and faster service. Well, we're expanding the supercharger network substantially. We made that number uh, just recently, and um, the the growth plan on our website. Um, that's going to continue to increase dramatically. Do uh, speak to service? Yeah. So service uh, service locations are are one that you see increasing in the shareholder letter. Um, but you should probably think about service uh, capacity in two ways now. Um, one of the things we've discovered as we've uh, deployed more advanced service techniques into our, into our centers is that, uh, is that a supermajority of the cars we repair don't require a lift. 
that frees us from brick and mortar service, and we've uh, we've uh, added substantially now to our mobile service capabilities. Starting first, uh, experimenting in uh, in the Bay Area and sort of our major markets, and we'll be rolling that out uh, uh, throughout the year. So we're creating service capacity in two ways: uh, mobile service and uh, and fixed service operations. Um, but the fixed service operations are becoming much much more efficient, much higher throughput. Yeah, absolutely, much higher throughput through worker or per, per square foot across uh, really every metric. Okay. All right. Thank you for the color. So, again, there's two parts to this, and let's break it up. Um, apparently, some people said in the letter section that I shortchanged a discussion about the upgraded supercharger rollout and uh, that I should say a few words about that because I'm the guy that's always whining about the fact that I'm worried that there's not going to be enough superchargers. So let me Are you going to start that. smiling again? I'm excited. Uh, that they are going to have a lot more superchargers, a lot more stations and a lot more nozzles at each station. And then when I go on the Teslarati side or I go on the Tesla side and I look at where all the new ones are, there's a lot more. That's very exciting to me. I still don't think there's enough. Now, I understand that some of these sites are going to go from like 12 nozzles to 40 nozzles, that uh, you're going to have a lot more places to stop, that they're going to do this sort of metro charging as one of our listeners suggested a few months ago. So all this is good and they say, and this is the one thing that gives me some hope, they stated nobody should ever have to wait to charge. If that is true, if they can build this out with their mathematical models, with hundreds of thousands of Model 3s coming, that I never have to wait for a supercharger, that will be a good thing. I still don't see the math on it, though. Only good? No, that would be fantastic. Okay. But I still don't see the math on it. If you increase production by 5x and then 10x, you will have to have an order of magnitude, more superchargers. And what we're talking about here is a 2x in the number of superchargers. So I'm still a little bit concerned. Have I addressed that concern? I don't know. I've got a little bit Have of concern. Have you addressed it internally for yourself? Again, Not that I use them, Tom. The supercharger but network if I ever would. for Model 3 folks going to be very different, right? It's going to be a pay-as-you-go kind of a situation after a few amount of miles, right? So that's going to limit the, the amount of those folks that are wanting to be using it as more and more people... Uh, want to to buy Teslas and buy Model 3s, the supercharger network for some of those people is just not going to be a factor. We almost never supercharge because we have a charger at home. Now, I understand that a lot more Model 3 owners might be in situations where it's more and more difficult for them to charge, but the charger network in general is becoming more robust, not Tesla's network, but the level two charging network in general. And that is the key because what we tell people all the time, if you don't have a charger at home or a charger at work, someplace that you can rely on, you can't buy a car. You can't buy an electric car. It's more difficult for you. Who says and that's that? not going to change. Who says that? Tom we, says we that. Say no, I that. agree. Oh. If you live in an apartment in New York City and you don't have a charger at work and you don't have one at home, it's kind of a pain unless there's a supercharger next door. So I'm with Tom. You've got to have one at home, one at work. Or, 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 or I mean, if or. you have if you have like a home home, a duplex or a single family unit, like a house, you know, you don't necessarily have to up front spend a ton of money. It depends no. on your driving pattern. You yes. might be able to charge off a 110 plug all night long. But they're not cheap. They're not even expensive anymore. It's like 500 bucks. Right. Less for, for its Tesla, right? Well, that, Tesla and, but charger. to get it installed, you got you know it's a thousand bucks at least. I would say to get mm. to get it installed, mm. and sometimes a lot more because of. But anyway, I agree with you. 
Yeah. Um, so that's fine. I'm feeling good. So let's move on to the second part of that, which is about faster service. But don't oh, there's you th- two yeah, points. Right. So don't you think it's interesting? Then these guys talk about car service. In one hand, they talk about uh, most of the – what did they say? A super majority of the cars don't need a lift. And then in the very next sentence, but our new service centers – our old service centers had four or five lifts and our new ones have 40 to 80. Yeah, that's right? amazing. I'm trying so to like, figure out where's the 80. So okay, so and then there and, and the mobile thing is more important. It's very very confusing at times. If you, I get it, they're going to have a lot more cars. Yes, they're going to yeah. need a lot more bays. But if they feel like most of their cars don't need that, you know that's where it gets a little bit dicey. And the other wow. interesting thing about it is they speak about automotive service like a tech company, right? They're talk about throughput and analytics and all that other stuff. They put a lot of data into like. The amazing minutia of running a car company, and that's incredible. The other thing that they state, um, and I, we don't have it on the clip there, is that because they don't have to make money out of service centers and superchargers, and in fact, they don't want to make money, they're going to make money out of the sale of the cars, then they can take all of that money and pour it into infrastructure. And that is a huge difference than the traditional ICE car manufacturers, which is we make a lot of money out of the fact that you have to get your car serviced all the time. If you don't have to make money out of that, or if you decide a priori beforehand, I'm just going to take all that money and put it into infrastructure, you never count that as profit, then that frees you up and they are free at last. They can just pour money into there and it's never been a part of the bottom line, so you don't have to take it away. So I'm just thinking of some raw numbers here. If let's say they have 200,000 cars, and I'm just going to pull a number out of my hat, 3% of them need to be serviced each year. I don't know if that's accurate. It may be low, maybe high. That's 6,000 cars a year. Okay. If you put out 2 million cars, or you've accumulated 2 million cars, yet you cut the service requirement in half yes. to 1.5%, that's 30,000 cars. So this is why I think they're growing their service centers so much so that they can do body work and they don't have to have the long waits with people stuck without their cars using the P100D and more hours of chances of crashing it or whatever. And I applaud this. And I like the what Elon said. He says the best service is no service at all. So there's two parts that are very important there. Body work at Tesla, because we've heard these stories for months. I got to get body work done. It's an aluminum frame on my S. And uh, the person who's supposed to fix it can't fix it, and it takes six months. So they're going to bring that in-house, and that's going to make a lot of people happy. Yeah, so As much good. as they can. Now, I don't think they're planning on bringing all of it in-house. But no. part of that you know, yeah. lift stuff might be that bodywork thing. But also, I want to talk about my experience with uh, getting the uh, service come to you. That is the best. So I've had the car, had a few things fixed, um, both cars in the last few months. It's really nice to have the dude just come from Tesla, very nice person, come along and fix it at home and say, you're all good. And also, uh, I upgraded the software and I, uh, you know, cleaned the sheets. Now, do you think, you gentlemen, he talks about the S always having more, always being better. You think mobile service is going to be like an S exclusive, X, S and X exclusive kind no. of thing? I think it's going to, it's just cheaper for them. If they can have one guy in a car run around and fix five cars in a day versus having to pay for overhead, for a lift, and for all the other service personnel, you're doing it basically either on an app or over the phone or through the car. I think it's awesome. 
they actually said that on face it looks like having somebody come to your house and fix a few things that doesn't need a lift would be more expensive, but in fact it is actually less expensive. And this might drive the production or the, the design and rollout of the Tesla pickup truck. Uh, yes, which we will get to, and now I'm going to do the next thing. So, you know, I've talked a little bit about, and we've all talked a little bit about, um, Tesla versus Apple, and it's in the news again, but actually Elon makes a statement specifically about that, and here it is. Uh, yeah, I don't think they want to have that conversation. I don't, we've not heard any indication that they do. Um, obviously, Apple's company makes some great products, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I use their phone and the laptop. It's cool. I mean, yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. Network here. So that's very interesting because the question was, well, what about Apple and uh, Tesla doing a deal and they've got lots of money and you've got lots of tech, blah, blah, blah. And he basically didn't say, I'm not interested in them coming and taking over and being a big partner. He said, we haven't heard from them. Right. They you- haven't. They haven't come to a – I've always thought the Tesla, Elon, not interested. I'm in charge here. Thank you very much. I've got the vision. Stay away. But I sort of read that as if they came a-knocking with all of their billions, he'd be like, eh, let's have a talk. If anybody came a-knocking with all those billions. Yet. This is like – think about – think back about Elon's experience with his other companies that he lost control of. That's like – the death nail to Elon for him to remain. Now, I, I can't say I'm really in his head, but I've read a lot about Elon and followed him for quite a while. If he doesn't have the ability to direct the organization to be a visionary and someone else is putting their foot on him, pushing him out, whatever that, you know, Elon's like, I'm out. And I don't think he's going to let that happen. But this was his opportunity to say that statement. I'm so not unless, interested. Yeah, I'm like, we have a vision here. It's very clear. We're we know where we're going. We have a path. Maybe Elon doesn't want to sound like a you know, I don't know, megalomaniac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't want to sound like a megalomaniac. He is. That, that, he, he just doesn't, doesn't want to sound, sound like. Oh, well, that's a good point. He doesn't want to sound like a megalomaniac. He just wants to occasionally act like one. Let's talk about full autonomy in two years. Somebody said, hey, you said full autonomy in two years. Uh, can you uh, back that up? Is that true? Uh, hi, this is Martin from Redburn. I, uh, I wanted to ask about the TED Talk that you've had a few days ago where you talked about level five maybe in the next two years. And I was wondering that it's probably going to change radically the design of the car inside. And, you know, whether you foresee this in the next two years, that the, the, the interior design would change quite dramatically. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think the, we're going to see dramatic change in the interior design. Um, there may be, you know, an option where the, you have club seating instead of um, everyone facing forward, but uh, I wouldn't call that radical. Yeah, just turn the seats around. Um, okay. And I'm not sure how much people will actually want to do that. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the sensor hardware um, and compute power for, required for uh, at least level four, if not level five, uh, autonomy has, has been in, in, in every Tesla produced since 
October last year, approximately. Um, so it's a matter of upgrading the software, uh, and, um, and 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 we can achieve level five. The uh, and and if if it does turn out that we need to upgrade the compute power, um, it's designed to be easy to upgrade. It can basically access it through the glove box and plug in um, a more powerful computer. So um, we don't think it will be, but if it is, that's pretty easy to do. Um, so the important thing to to appreciate is that the the sensor hardware um, and and wiring harness. It's necessary for full autonomy, which uh, you know, essentially having the eight cameras, the radar, and the ultrasonics, uh, that's in place. Um, so the, the, the each passing release, the, the car's uh, autonomy level will improve. Um, you know, we had a bit of a dip, obviously, because of the um, unexpectedly rapid transition away from Ovali, uh, where you know, we'd expected to have the Mobileye chip on the board as a transition, but um, Mobileye refused to allow that, so then we had to basically recreate all the Mobileye functionality in about six months, which we did. So what do you think, uh, kids? Give me your thoughts about this. I just want you – know, I'm impressed. I'm actually surprised. Elon not interested in the club? I thought Elon was sort of a clubbing kind of guy. With the club seating, I would like to see better a disco ball, maybe some laserium lights, a fog machine. When he says it's not a radical design to turn the seats around so you're not pointing forward, I would say that's a radical change in design. The fact that I could be backwards and we can look at each other and the car drives itself, that's radical. I, I guess he's thinking a, like it should be like zero gravity in there or something. What pillow, is he, what's his? All couches. Like, the ge- yeah. like I dream of Genie's uh, right. bottle. Right. That's what I would that think. That would be a radical design change. I, want, I don't know. He's so occasionally dismissive of perfectly acceptable questions that people ask him <laughs> that he comes off as a bit of a – I don't know. He comes off kind of mean-spirited occasionally in my opinion. It's unnecessary. I know he probably doesn't mean it that way. But it just feels kind of like, come on, man, be cool. Elon doesn't have time for us mere mortals. So then let someone else do the stupid earnings call. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I didn't hear it like that. But I just thought he was like, I don't consider flipping some seats around radical. You want you radical? Know, let's come up with radical. A couple of weeks ago, we watched a video uh, by this woman who showed how you could use your electric car to power your house. Remember? Yes. Using a, yes. a sine wave or a square wave DC inverter. Well, I'm thinking if this car has a computer in it that is not only a supercomputer but a really, really supercomputer with all these cores and you know flops and crazy, crazy powerful, could I just plug my house? into the computer of the car when it's not driving, it's not thinking, can I just get it to do all that I need it to do in my house? Sure. And the other thing about that, right, the answer to that question was like, if it needs more computing, yeah, we designed it to be able to take more computing. Now, doesn't that also feel like a little bit of a departure? Like, don't, don't, doesn't it feel like he said, we know it works the way we've built it. It's got everything you need, but... Unless uh, we're it, not sure in case it, it needs, needs more. more. <laughs> unless it needs more, right? Like that's kind of a key thing, right? I understand it's smart to design it that way anyways, and he said it was very doubtful. But it's interesting that he would use this earnings call to sort of 
say that. That that's the weird that's a weird place for that to come out in my opinion. I so, wonder if that means that if they decide, oh, your fifteen core supercomputer in your glove box isn't quite enough to keep you from crashing in this situation, are they gonna put a new computer in my car? Or it's not enough to overcompensate for a wavy line situation, right? So like it needs so maybe your situation, the calibration is off a little bit. Maybe if there was a tiny bit more computing power they can fix that. Oh, well, wait, 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 wait. I just want to be clear. Please. The wavy lines yes. are gone? No. The wavy lines are less wavy. <laughs> Not gone. Are you feeling like you would drive it to San Luis Obispo and let it go autopilot on the 101? No. It's okay. much better. Okay, well. But it's not perfect. So I'm I want to go back to that. I think it's okay to say, look, we have basically got the technologies in place to do level five driving and at a rate that's, say, twice as safe as a human. To get 10 times as safe, to get 20 times as safe, to get much more than that, you'll need to throw more computing power at it. So I think it's not unreasonable to say, this is really working, it's working great. And if you want a car that's even better, then we throw more computing power at it. Because he's saying with the sensors that we have right now, uh, being able to see using light gives you the superpower. How much superpower do you want? Do you want to be Batman? Or do you want to be Superman? Superman has more computing power. Batman yeah. has zero superpowers. I don't know if you clip. He this. only has computing power. I know. It was a very, very bad analogy because one <laughs> is actually a superhero. The other guy is rich with a lot of computing power. Yeah. So, so forget that analogy. I don't know if, I don't know if we're going to get to this, but he talked about the reliability. And he says, if it only crashes one in a thousand times, then you're not going to feel so comfortable to take it on a drive. He wants it to be so that it wouldn't crash or you wouldn't get in a serious accident once in a thousand lifetimes. I think that was from the TED Talk, right? Well, I mean, I, I thought, you know, we talk about orders of magnitude. Now he's talking like 10 orders of magnitude more secure, maybe bigger. So uh, end of the year, again, saying end of the year, uh, they do a little drivey drive, New York to LA. I cannot wait for that puppy. Um, is this going to be like the Olympic torch? If they tell us the route, I'm going to be there waving. Well, you know what was really cool is I thought no, you're not. I thought like that, no, uh, like that um, Nissan video from what, what was that guy's show? Llewellyn, Robert Llewellyn's YouTube channel. He uh, he had the guy drive him around some circuit, and I thought, well, whatever. They could drive that a thousand times and make it, you know, very clear for the computer in the car. But Elon says, no, on a moment's notice, we can go LA to Toronto or Seattle to Miami. It doesn't matter. That's what he said. And I believe him. I don't think he's BSing us. I think it just shows the level of the technology. So let's talk about Model Y. One of the greatest Why? Revel- <laughs> One of the greatest revelations sexy. on that call was that Model Y is going to be on a new platform. We have believed, and I believe we've believed it because they told us to believe it, that the Model Y would be built on the Model 3 platform, basically taking the same skate. Put a different uh, sort of shape to it. Make it sort of Model X-like. Hopefully put without on the Falcon. falcon. <laughs> Do not put on the Falcon wing doors, for goodness sake. How about like mini Falcon wing doors? Like no. Sparrow doors? No. Sparrow doors? No. But here is what they say about the Model Y platform. This is a revolution. I don't think it is. Okay. And, and then the, the, the other follow-up question that I had was on the, the Model Y. Y- you mentioned that the Model 3 production line will be probably as fast or a bit faster than the fastest production line in the world, and Model Y will be the genuine step change. Does that mean that the Model Y will be made on a different platform than the Model 3? 
It will be, yeah. Different platform. Uh, I mean, I, I think okay. I give one. Uh, I think I give this example before. Um, the uh, it's just one example, but the wiring harness on Model S is um, about three kilometers in length. The wiring harness on Model Three is one and a half kilometers in length. The wiring harness on Model Y will be a hundred meters. Drop the mic. And that's a redundant okay. uh, wiring harness. Not really a wiring harness. It's basically a um, flex harness with a high high data rate bus, so, so you can put everything on a on a higher data rate bus that isn't you know a CAN bus where you, your data rate is massively constrained. Um, and we'll also make changes to the vestigial uh, voltage, so not everything's 12 volts, which is a pretty absurd number. Really, it's wrong for everything. But, but what? But. But what? To me, it feels like when he's talking about platform, he's talking about it in a very different way. He didn't say mm -hmm. specifically not the same skate. He said, we're changing the way we wire it. We're changing the way the electronics work in it. So he may think of – he may be actually thinking of platform from a technology standpoint as opposed to a physical manufacturing of the skate Standpoint, And that's what it sounded like to me if I sort of read between the lines, right? He didn't say it's going to be a different shape with a different battery density and different location of motors or any of that other stuff, really. He talked very specifically about electronics and wiring and, and data throughput, right? My, my favorite quote for this week's show, vestigial voltage. Uh, what does that mean? I haven't been able to look that one up, but I did read up on CAN buses, and this goes back to 1986, the first time it was rolled out in America. Oh, I should say it was when it became standard in all American cars, the CAN bus. It was developed in the 80s. It's like, you know, pre-PC times. So I think you're right, Tom. Now I've heard that again because my understanding was it's on the same platform equals it's going to be just sort of the same sheet and skate, all right? But it sounds like that the difficult part of building a car really fast, because they're talking about getting these cars off really fast, is not that part. Bolting the top of the car to the skate where the batteries are, oh, it's easy. Putting all the wiring in the car, which just takes all the time in the world. So if you go from three kilometers of wiring to 1.5 to 100 meters, then that is orders of magnitude less. So therefore, orders of magnitude Faster. Right, it's and a, it's a lot less. It's a lot less engineering. It's a lot less copper. It's a lot more inexpensive, and it makes things a lot more versatile. Because again, he only has to get kind of two motors to talk to the screen, and and sort of like the other sensors in the car. It, it sort of he's figured out like why do we have all this wiring running all over the place? Well, and then you have fewer connectors which probably means fewer parts, which means fewer things to fail. Yeah. I mean, they basically want to get this car down to like three parts. Both so, this to this and that and done. And just check a bit of Cat 6 between them and we're, we're done here. Right. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, that's pretty exciting. And that means that Model Y, which is the car I think I really want if it doesn't have fucking wind doors, uh, when is it going to come? So you so let's go over this. You Please. really wanted the S. Yes. <laughs> you really wanted an X. Yes. You really want a Model 3. Yes. And now you really want a Model Y. Yes. Uh, do you want a Roadster? No. How about the new Roadster? The new Roadster. No. How about a, a pickup truck? <sighs> okay. So uh, I used to have a pickup truck. I grew up on a farm. Uh, I've never been a pickup truck guy. It's kind of silly. 
But if they have a two-cab pickup truck, mm-hmm. all-electric Tesla, it might be the next car I want. How about this? An, uh, a Tesla Semi <laughs> yes. with an MRAP mobile studio yes. on the or a Fooliboo mobile studio that oh. pulls it around to do road trips all over the country oh you know with what? all of the shows. You know what I really want? <laughs> For my retirement years, oh, it's there the you Tesla go. RV. Oh, yes. that would be pulling sweet. a little Model Y behind it, just going constantly around the world, and then over to Europe a, through a tunnel underneath the, the a ocean. A Tesla Semi the could Tesla pretty much haul anything you wanted, so you could build. You yeah, could but get it's like a bit a, big, even could, though it drives like a sports car. Apparently. Right, but you could get like a giant shipping container and totally modify that to all of your specifications, and then just hello. pull it around in your Tesla hello. Semi. Is this on? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Elon. Next, the Tesla Bago. Tesla Bago. It is interesting, and I don't know if we talked about it there. He walked back from the idea of the Tesla minivan truck thing. Right. He walked back from that. Like, I'm not so sure now if everybody's going to have autonomy all the way to the front door if this idea of having a little bus really makes sense. So he's really walking that back. And then he says, well, maybe we could take an X and put a couple more uh, chairs in it if it's fully autonomous. But it's interesting that he's walked that back. He's having second thoughts about the minibus idea. Maybe yeah. the X can just – maybe the X can just pull a pod. Pull a pod. Right? In the trailer hitch, oh. you have an X and then you have a pod of like 10 or 12 people, 5,000 pounds sort of behind it, and it can just be additional. Can we name it? Polly McPudpod? Oh. Yeah, Tes- Tesla pod. Let's talk about how big this company is going to be. Let's talk $700 billion with a B dollars. I'll take it. Now, I mean, I want to preface this by, of course, this I could be completely delusional, um, but uh, I think I see a clear path to that outcome. Okay, and anything else in terms of other businesses or volume or still pretty much on that track? The set of steps necessary to achieve that outcome um, seem pretty obvious. Uh, and, and and heavily involved Tesla um, getting incredibly good at the machine that builds the machine. Um, uh, which involves, by the way, a tremendous amount of software. This is it's not just a bunch of robots that are sitting there. It's, it's the programming of the robots and how they interact. And um, it's far more complex than the software in the car. Um, I mean, I think this is just going to be a very difficult thing for other manufacturers to copy. Uh, I would not know what to do if I were in that position. <laughs> oh, my. You were talking about arrogance before. Oh, my uh, Lord. So Center. he sees a clear path. It is what, Robert? How clear? Pretty clear. Pretty obvious yeah. path to $700 million. He believes that the machine that makes the machine with the software that they're creating, with all of the robots that they have, have put them in a position where nobody's going to be able to keep up. When they get the Model Y, when they turn to Cat 5, they're going to be able to create cars so fast so inexpensively, the other big boys cat five. are going to take a while to catch up. You're it's adorable. It's going to be like Cat 8. But does this, mean, does this mean Tesla is the Nike of marathon running? They are going to smash the record. Is that what you're getting at? What are we talking about? Of yes, they're going to break that, yeah. that 
glass ceiling. Did as he it not were. say the quote of the call in there? I might be delusional. Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> That's the second time because he, when he was at the TED talk, he said, "Now you'll you'll tell me if I'm gotten too crazy, right?" <laughs> uh, hey, Elon. Uh, yes, you might have, but day, I love you. Day after the call, the price went down quite a bit. Yeah, Let's back. talk about uh, semis and pickup trucks because uh, one of the yes. callers said, why semis? Why pickup trucks? Why, Elon? Why? Okay, just one quick question. Why pickup trucks? Why semis before pickup trucks? Um, well, they're not going to be that widely separated in time. Um, and... Um, in part of it, is we do we do want to show that 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 um, electric that electric transport can do even the most heavy duty thing uh, things in the world. So it's I think it's pretty obvious we could do pickup truck, um, but it's not obvious to a lot of people that you could do um, a heavy duty semi. And so just being able to kind of hit the corners of the box of uh, of capability, um, it's, it's it's a helpful thing to do. Um, yeah, it's maybe a related okay. point, but a disproportionate amount of the petroleum is actually burned by a small number of trucks. Yeah, exactly. Just because of the the high utilization, the high miles per vehicle, and you know, they, they really lend themselves, I think, well to to electrification. Yeah, exactly. Um, every every semi, I mean, it's probably ten times as much. Um, hydrocarbon saved for a semi as for a pickup truck. So let me just jump in here and say, here's what I got out of that statement. This is so different than earnings calls from other companies. Earnings calls from other companies is, why are you going and doing X? And the answer is because there's a huge market there and we believe we can take 10% of it and you're all going to be happy. Mm -hmm. The answer to this question was about the environment, about global warming, about trying to do the right thing. This company is so different than any other earnings call I've ever heard. It's about we're trying to do the right thing here outside of profit. I think that that gives me a warm glow in my heart. Right. He also it's also again, I think the other interesting part of that is it's not the obvious thing. Right? That's what he said. He's like it's obvious we can make a pickup truck because we've already made that form not that form factor, but we've made a passenger vehicle. Right, we haven't made the large scale type semi that can do a lot of stuff. And again, we talked about this many, many times over. It would be great for autonomous vehicles like trucks to only be on the freeways at night as much as possible. So, yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. It is not like your typical earnings call. And sometimes Elon can be such a sweetheart when he makes these answers. And you know what they're going to make this truck out of? May I just say, yes, before we go there, big trucks, small trucks, pickup trucks, semi-trucks. When people looked at Tesla in the first place, they saw the Roadster, a little sports car, fast, corners well. Then they saw the S, a bigger sports car, not really even a sports car, but really it is a sports car, but it's a family sedan. All of these like massive, oh my God, this is so cool. The X, Falcon Wing, so cool, fast innovative windshield it's like charges everyone up so that when the model 3 comes out bam everybody wants one based on all that tesla has made before 
now, if Tesla just goes right into a pickup truck, I could imagine the marketplace being like, meh, why do I need an electric pickup truck? My F-150 or my mega pickup truck works just fine. But make a semi, show that you can make the biggest of trucks, the baddest of trucks, the most powerful of trucks, and that all the truckers want it and the truckers are talking about it. Now, Tesla comes out with a pickup truck and you're like, oh, wow, if they can haul all that stuff, I want to get a pickup truck. It's about status, I think. I think you're right. And the semi truck business is not an aspirational business. It's a dollars and cents. So it's like, if you can make a truck that can get me to, to get this freight from A to B cheaper than the current trucks, then I will buy it. I will buy the $500,000 truck and I will buy 20 of them if you can show me that it's less. So if they show that it's less, they'll sell a ton, whatever ton you like, of these semi-trucks. But yeah. I agree with you. If then people are seeing big, strong uh, people in trucks pulling stuff with Tesla, oh, now it's cool to have my, oh, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a left close liberal driving uh, yes. Model S driver. See the size of that truck? Now I've got that Tesla truck. Then if you add to that the YouTube videos that will happen, if that that pickup truck is just killing and pulling other like F one fifties up hills. It's not a drag race. It's, it's a like, tug of war, like he done. talks about. And I I've, I've been spending time on trucker websites. That's I think this nice. is I think this is really cool. And so they quote things that make truckers most unhappy, and there are a lot of unhappy big rig truckers. Things like higher maintenance costs, higher fuel costs, bad image, lack of safety. These are like the five main things. This is from truckerswheel.com that make truckers unhappy. And would a truck made by Tesla not be sweet to drive, safe to drive, powerful, and made out of? We've manufactured that ourselves. And um, most of that semi is actually made out of Model 3 parts, by the way. It's... um, uh, Model 3, it's actually using a bunch of Model 3 motors. Um, uh, revealing too much about the future of it. but um, So we're able to use a very high volume vehicle uh, and, uh, and and then combine several motors to have something that I think is actually going to have a very good gross margin. Like it's, um, that's just not something that any, that the other, you know, it's like you can't do that with like a traditional truck. So, Effectively allows us to have um, a very compelling product uh, that that has a low unit cost. Yeah, the, the incremental complexity of building that is, is much less than it might seem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because of all the reasons that you're talking. Yeah, exactly. That's a big deal right there. Because if you think about it, if a big semi truck's engine goes down it's down it's over it's on the side of the road single point of failure right it it's uh it's done if you have eight model three engines working together and one fails the other seven can get you to the spot that you need to get to it's like a flat you're not tire. over on right you're not over on the side of the road that is actually maybe super genius you could just imagine elon telling i forgot the name of the guy from daimler who's in charge of the truck unit for the last 17 months saying, I want you to build the biggest and the baddest and the best semi-truck ever, but you only can use the parts that are in the factory right now. (laughs) But a lot of boats do this, right? Like big, big boats have multiple engines. If one fails, the other one can limp you back in to to safety because obviously if you're on a boat, you need 
power, you need energy to get anywhere. But of course, they're all going to be linked and 3G or LTE connected. So Tesla will know and they'll say, hey, Joe, you know, when you're getting out of Nebraska over to the service center, wherever, we got to replace that motor. Cord. Also, if you're on a flat, long, like the long stretch of the five in your flat, maybe you only need to use four engines to get mm-hmm. you to where you're going. And then when you go uphill, the other four kind of kick in. So and imagine what the regen is on one of these babies going downhill. Imagine. Huge. I'm imagining. Or the other engines can be used to regen the battery. You know, like there's all yeah. kinds of potential things. Put a little wind turbine in there somewhere. So put solar panels all over the truck. Solar panels. Oh, solar that would be cool because are... that's a lot of volume. That actually could work. It actually also brings up if you're slapping together Model 3s, yes, you can have um, a number of motors on each wheel. Love it. Fantastic idea. But also, I was thinking it's going to take forever to charge up that 1,000 kilowatt hour battery. But not if you plug it in because you've got 10 skates instead of one giant skate. So now you see these truck spots. The truck driver gets out. He's like, oh, I've got to go have a hamburger and fries, and I'll be 45 minutes. And he plugs in like eight, 10 right. Tesla chargers. Boom. And then it's full again. Right. Off you go. Another 500 miles. Right. You just you just uh, slice up or, or divide up the battery packs so that you can charge them each individually. Now, I will be a little pissed if they come to the 12-stall uh, regular Tesla charger <laughs> and they take the whole thing up for themselves. They have like, I'll be a bit pissed about They that. carry like 12 extension cords and they pull up to like the, the Harris Ranch and they just like cross all 12 of them and they're just like tick, 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 tick. No, they actually – Tesla pulled a patent. I don't know if you saw this. I, I'm just remembering of this under-the-car plug that had a – cooling system in, in integrated so basically it's possibly the next phase of supercharger like three where there's a plug underneath it has two pipes for coolant and one big electric plug and at the same time they're charging they're cooling the system yeah. to be able to put more electricity in faster and that would be something they would use on this truck just drive it up and get out and you're done. You don't have to plug anything. This whole show is going to be about this earnings call and then we're walking. Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's still more to go, though, because let's talk about Model 3 demand. Now, we talked about the $700 billion company. I want you to listen very carefully about some of the numbers he throws out here because I want to tell you that they are going to be the biggest company in the world. Here we go. Model 3 demand. I think it's still early days. It's still relatively low numbers. But the indication is, is, that, uh, is that we're introducing a new customer uh, to Tesla at uh, at those lower price points. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Um, the demand actually increases ex- really exponentially as as price drops. Um, the you know one point when we looked at it, I, I, don't, I think we were looking at the right numbers, but but, but the demand at the at, at the Model Three price point um, appeared to be somewhere between thirty and. 70 times higher than at the Model S price point. Well, I mean, you look at it, like I said, there's 100,000 premiums that are sold in the U.S. every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're about a third of that. Um, and uh, But there are 17 million vehicles in total sold. So premium sedans are like nothing, less than 1% of the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Half a percent. So a seven series customer for your your brand new and a five series customer for your sort of used is maybe the right way to think about it. Is that fair? Or a three series customer for the used as well. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Well, thank you so much for the question. Taking the questions. Yep. Yeah, but it, it is interesting to consider the, the, the magnitude of the, this is really maybe underappreciated. Like the just consider 17 million cars and, light, and trucks sold in the U.S. per year. 
of which only 100,000 are premium sedans. And, and we have a one-third market share. If we can replicate that in other segments, but yeah, the, the results are obvious. So that would be at 17 million units at the same third third of the market would be about 5.6 million units a year. Yeah, that's 170x. But but then he said that it's 70x the demand of the S. So wouldn't that drive that even higher? Like that that that's where like he the the that equation is the same demand. Um, percentage wise. I guess what I took out of it there's a lot of math there, but those pregnant pauses were very important. Yeah. Before Tesla S came on the market, BMW, Mercedes, they owned that uh, luxury market. If you had have told them before the S came out, uh, this car company that's brand new from America, that's nobody ever heard before, that has electricity instead of gas, is going to take 30% of this entire market from you, they were just like, are you kidding me? 1%. You're going to eat our lunch? And uh, you're going to eat your lunch box as well. So now... <laughs> and your refrigerator. What Elon is suggesting in his not-so-subtle way is that uh, we're going to eat the lunch of the Camrys and the Toyotas and not just a little bit of lunch. And the Hondas. Six million cars. So he's obviously thinking this car's going to be so good. You're going to see that again. If they do that again, we're going to need some more superchargers. Why does it always come back to superchargers? <laughs> this is where Tesla becomes the biggest car company in the world by a factor of a number. Because what is Toyota's percent of sales? I don't really know, and I should have asked. Uh, I'll ask now. Hey, Google, what percent of cars sold in America are Toyotas? Sorry, I don't understand. It's got to be a lot less than 30%. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's going to be huge. That so that statement is was for the people who are saying that Tesla is oversubscribed, that the stock price is too high. It's not if they're about to get 30% of the car market at that low level. And his other statement about exponentially increasing sales at lower cost is kind of obvious, but I guess it's nice to say it. If they then come out with a $20,000 car, then a $15,000 car, oh, that's a lot of sales. So uh, how many reservations? This is the part I like. You like honesty? I do. Here we go. How many Model 3 reservations are there? Because they're still getting more and more every week. Tom, he's going to tell you. Is there a way you could just give us what the cumulative numbers thus far in the U.S.? You know, quarter to date? Or sorry, uh, uh, inception to date? Uh, no. If, 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 yeah, well, if, if we do that, uh, then, then people run off and make all sorts of uh, conclusions uh, based on that, um, that, that that really have... Uh, that are not predictive of the future um, because, you know, there are no, you can't test drive a Model 3. Uh, if you come into our stores and want to buy a Model 3, we invite you to buy a Model S and, or X instead. We, we anti-sell the Model 3. Um, but our, our, our net uh, reservations continue to climb week after week. Uh, no advertising, anti-selling, nothing to test drive. Goes every week. Got it. Thanks so much. All right. You're welcome.
by the way. Do Elon. you like that? Uh, can you tell me how many Model 3 reservations? No. No. I'd say – well, one thing he did say is that they continue to book more reservations. Yeah. So I think the number is probably quite high, although – I agree with him. If you come out with a number and you say 490,000, they're going to say, well, why isn't it 600,000? Yeah. And if you say 490,000, they'll say, wow, look how much. That's so much more than you said originally, 417,000. Right. So it's like you can't win. And that's like I tweeted out uh, one of the notices I got from Seeking Alpha on my phone, on my watch. I was just sitting down to lunch and it's like, you know, Tesla's about to crash or Tesla killer or, you know, one of these crappy articles that doesn't have any accurate information. And a lot of times, I don't know, maybe not once a week anymore, but once every couple of weeks, somebody's like, should I get on the list? Like somebody still asks me that I, all the time. People ask me all the time. They're like, wow, I'm thinking about – I'm telling you, man, that's the exponential growth that he's planning is that once this car starts getting out, boom, it's going to catch on and it's going to be like a virus. And once those folks can actually go and buy the car, don't have to wait two weeks. Walk over to Topanga yeah. Mall, see the car, go up to the top level, yeah. pick their car and yeah. walk away. Well, I don't think that's going to happen, but I look forward to Maybe the time when, when those people who really want a Model 3 but don't have a Model 3 and have to drive a gas-guzzling SUV instead will get their Model 3. I look so forward to that time. How dare you? Um, but let us remember before you all go run out and buy buy uh, shares, uh, lots and lots of shares yeah, because it's it. going to uh, $1,500. Remember, this is all predicated on the Model 3 being a great car, mm-hmm. not needing a lot of service, mm-hmm. and being everything we hope it will be. If it fails, that is a big problem. Our podcast will be over. We'll not be driving Teslas anymore. No, I, we'll, I disagree. I mean, I, we'll it'll, still be have a our big, it'll be a big blow to the company, but it'll be a Tesla Energy. You know, like, again, all of these right. things, like this amazing number of cars, like this potential 30% of the car market on top of the amount of the energy market he could potentially be getting. I mean, you are getting into some crazy territory. But it is still, still dangerous. Let's. Are we going to talk about the number of gigafactories that uh, he talked about? You can talk about it. Yeah, he said four gigafactories. More. Four more gigafactories. And he suggested very strongly that one of those, at least, is going to be in China. And where was Elon just uh, two days before the, the TED Talk? I'm I believe gonna... it was in China. Yeah, missing mid, meeting with like the number two man in China. And that would probably be so that a American company, Tesla, can go to China and put up a gigafactory or two or three and a car plant or two or three and not have to get all of those uh, punitive tariffs uh, levied on them. And there is going to be some big announcements by the end of the year. I suggest that the, we are going to have a huge Huge gigafactory announcement towards the end of the year, which will be one in China, one in South America, one in Australia, wherever it's going to be. He's going to he's say, here's, here's where they all are. But and, he will need the money from the Model 3 to build these, these yes. gigafactories. And he will need to make – my guess is 
they'll have to be making cars in the Nevada Gigafactory to get to anywhere near the amount of volume that no, we're talking about. They're so. not making them all in Fremont, Robert. No, I, I no, think, they're not. No, I agree. I think I was wondering about that as well because they made a specific statement about we're going to be a bit faster at Fremont than anybody else, a bit faster. But in order to do the Model Y and stuff, oh my God, they're yeah. going to have to be much faster. And so it makes sense, doesn't it, that we go back to the Model T version, which is the ingredients come in one end, the batteries are made, the cars come out the other. So I right. expect that these gigafactories will be batteries and cars. And even maybe the one that's being built right now will start making cars. I heard 10x growth in the next three years. And that's like truck factory, Y factory, truck service centers, gigafactories number three, four, and five, a, mod, a, a China expansion that's like, Where are oh. they going to get the cash from? They They're are going not going to have, have to any do, profit, that's for sure. They're going to uh, take all of this money and put it back in. They're going to have to do some big deals with like Panasonic gave them lots of billions of dollars. Maybe the Chinese government is going to be their partner. Like, I can see the road, but Tencent. the road needs a lot of cash. Tencent. You know who has a lot of cash? Apple. Thank you. And Tencent. Tencent has a lot of cash. Somebody mentioned that if there was any problem with SEC because Tencent, this Chinese company, took a 5% stake in Tesla. Uh, it's actually called Wang River Investment Limited. I put a little article in here. Mm-hmm. They paid two twenty a share back in March. I think it was at the beginning of March. Bargain. Three no, oh, it was three twenty eight. They bought it, and uh, and I just did a little quick math on that. So they bought it at two twenty a share. It went to three oh eight a share as of Friday, which means they made about seven hundred and sixteen million dollars. That's on paper, Robert. <laughs> it's it's well, not bad on paper. It looks pretty good if you're yeah, the no. dude who oh, made no, the it's deal. Lo- it's lovely. Yeah. It's a lovely amount of paper, but it's on paper. You know, there's a lot more in this uh, earnings call, and you can go online and you can hear it. Uh, just the one other thing I would say, um, they did talk about storage, and Elon said it's uh, set to explode, and I think we all yeah. get this, that home storage, uh, utility-level storage is set to explode, and they are the people that can make the batteries fast enough. So maybe you can cover the rest of it midweek because he said some interesting thing about the bolt. He said some interesting yeah. thing about carbon credits. It's a very fascinating earnings call in general. There's a lot of meat on the bones. As you can tell, we've spent almost an hour and a half and we didn't even get through the whole thing. And I don't even believe that we were being super long-winded, although I can guarantee you somebody out there does. Yeah, uh, somebody. So maybe we should just jump uh, into letters unless somebody's got one or two specific other things they want to talk about outside of the earnings Well, let's do superchargers and then go into letters because I think that helps alleviate your general anxiety most weeks when you hear Robert talk about the superchargers. A lot of activity so Roberto, superchargers. So this was a good week for superchargers. We had six newly opened superchargers. I think that nearly sets a record since we're not at the end of a quarter or the end of the year. We have a new supercharger in France, saint Brieu. I'm not sure. There's one in UK, in Grantham, UK, Milford, Connecticut, Appledoom, Appledoorn, Netherlands. Is that Holland? Yes, it is. It's in sure. Sweden. I it is in Holland. Uh, <laughs> Norway? By uh, uh, There's one in Ireland. I think this is number two in Ireland. So Ireland's starting to come online. Balacorla and Monroe, Washington got a supercharger. There's another permit pulled in five more places. Construction is ongoing in uh, six more places. So it was a good week for superchargers. I won't go into the details of these locations. Okay. Since we're trying to be... A little short-winded. And a shout-out to Milford, Connecticut, home of the Dan Patrick Show. 
They're getting a supercharger or they got a supercharger. That's pretty cool. Let me just touch on the Tesla parking lot since we think it's gone away. It hasn't. The Instagram page is gone. But in fact, you can still keep up on the Tesla parking lot. If you Google Tesla parking lot Instagram, there is a Google page with pics. Many of the pictures that were up there before, there's some other junk in there, but it's it's fun. You can still keep up on the uh, Tesla supercharged, um, Tesla parking lot. All right, dude, let's do the freaking letters. No, let's do apps and multimedia. No. Okay, okay. let me tell you right now that here my multimedia pick is this. I am listening to a book, audio book called The Climate of Hope by Carl Pope uh, from the Sierra Club and Michael Bloomberg. It's very positive. The summary is if you're waiting for governments to fix the climate problem, that's fine. But you know who's much more nimble than that is cities and mayors and individuals and companies. And if you look at what the United States has done in terms of rolling back carbon emissions compared to what cities and uh, mayors and individuals and companies have done, they've done all of it. And then um, my app of the week is Speed Test because I've been putting up some new Wi-Fi here in the studio and I've been using speed tests a lot, so if you want to test your Wi-Fi speed, it's very useful. But I also have to have a shout-out, and I don't know who told me about it. But I put up these Euros, right? They're a mesh network. They work really well for spreading your Wi-Fi. Somebody said, Mel, you should try out the Orbi. The Orbi is this gigantic radio that fires your Wi-Fi, and then you can have satellites. It's very powerful. i got to tell you, when I put an Orbi in instead of the Eero because it wasn't working so well, five times the speed Whoever that person was, thank you. I'm going Orbi. It's the bomb. So we? My app of the week is ISS Spotter. This is an app that shows you where the International Space Station is at any time. At this very instant, it is about to pass over Seattle, Washington. Can you see it? No. No. You can only see it when it is lit by the sun and you are in the darkness. So it's basically around the sunrise and sunset hours that you can see it. But with this app, you can it can have uh, your GPS and give you an alarm. You can set the alarm five minutes before, an hour before. The ISS will be visible for you and it will help you locate it. This is a very geek app, but it's a very cool app. And there's some uh, fun facts in there. And I thought I'd ask you boys. Oh, good. How long do you think it takes for the International Space Station to circle the globe? I'm going to say it does it seven times, seven times, one ninety-seven minutes. <laughs> I'm going to say 1.2 days. It's uh, 92 minutes, Mel. You win. Ooh, what, what? And when did they put the first module up for the ISS? 1991. Uh, 1932. Uh, 1998, November. It was the Zarya module. You can guess where that came from. And they've been building it up ever since. It's a pretty large structure. They only finished building it in 2011. And guess what? They actually say that it has a life expectancy that will be foreseeable, and they will let it fall back to Earth and burn up and fall in the ocean after spending billions, billions on it, because everybody wants to focus more now on what? Mars. Mars. Remember Skylab? Yeah, I remember Skylab. <laughs> I remember how it fell down. Remember yeah. how they were selling cool. like hard hats and stuff. <laughs> Skylab is falling. Skylab is falling.
Okay, tell us about your media. My media is an is a, a podcast called Outside In or O slash I. This was recommended by Chris Fato, one of my Tesla uh, Twitter followers, and it's actually great. He he recommended this one episode twenty eight called "The Accidental History of Solar Power." I don't know if you guys listened to it. I, I sent you out the link, but it was really good. A bunch of people fun banter. They actually get interviews with the engineer who was working on thermal solar. In other words, heating water, putting panels on the roof. This was back in, oh my God, I forgot the year, but it was a long time ago. And so he was approached by a contractor in Boston and the contractor says, well, you know, we're building this big complex. It's uh, federally funded housing. And I want to put up something that helps us this is, I think, maybe in the 70s, to heat the water. And we'll even try some solar panels. And this guy was the pioneer. He put it on the first building, solar electrical power, because they just said, let's throw up a couple panels. And so he did it. He engineered it. And they said, and he said to the contractor, he says, well, so when there's, you know, excess power, where are we going to do with it? He goes, oh, just tie it into the grid. And the engineer was like, yeah, well, we should talk to the utility and make sure they're okay with it and get their specs and stuff. He goes, oh, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. The day came to unveil the building. It was like a big fanfare. All the people wanted to come, like the senators and all these people, because it had solar power on it. This was before Carter put it on the White House. So it was 70s. And anyway, so they flicked the switch and cut the ribbon and everything was great. And the engineer said to the contractor, so, you know, you talk to the power company. He goes, oh, no, it's always better to ask forgiveness, then ask permission. And that is where net metering started. It was fantastic. They interviewed the guy who actually designed it. It's a really fascinating story. And I just totally randomly on the weekend listened to a 99% invisible episode, which is a summary of everything you just said. It is uh, fascinating. And Tom sweet. is so busy with a, a, a little uh, conference thing that he's got coming right? up that it's he true. couldn't even pick. I saw a movie over the weekend that was interesting. I don't know that I would recommend it, but if it's in your city, very limited release, Jeremiah Tower, he was like a celebrity chef. His hmm. He worked at Chez Panisse with Alice Waters, and then he started his own restaurant across the bay that was basically destroyed by the San Francisco earthquake. Very interesting guy. He then went to the Tavern on the Green in New York and tried to rescue that and was unable to do that for a lot of reasons beyond his control. If it's playing in your area, go check it out. If you like that kind of thing, it's, it's a very oddly made movie, but it was pretty good. Do you guys see Guardians of the Galaxy? Too? No, not yet. Is no. it good? Elon was tweeting all about yeah, it. I, know, I, saw it. it yeah. I saw it. I saw it Thursday, like before it was even released. And it's really good. Really good. That's Except awesome. that uh, outstanding. Uh, Kurt Russell, kind of not so good. I mean, he's a good actor. I am great. It was his his character named Ego. That just gives you a sense for one of the reasons why I'm Mm. not happy with it. Here we go. Uh, Letters. Uh, Diedrich Diedrich of the uh, Tesla Black Caucus sent us T-shirts. And I feel so bad because we tweeted out pictures of us wearing the T-shirts. So I'm sorry. We got them. They are fantastic and uh, he says, you know what? Because Tom has a hard time finding a new app every week, why don't we just throw it out to Talking Tesla Nation? You send us what you think is a great app. We'll choose a few every week and put them on the show. I think that is a great idea. He also, su- he also suggested a movie. And I say, one up that. What is your favorite environmental and or electric or forward thinking documentary? Oh, okay. There's a couple of those. He also said we appear to be have moved into a very libertarian um, sort of time in American history and maybe throughout the world that the idea of the common good is sort of falling away and he's a bit sad about that. And I think you are correct, but uh, fight the good fight. 
Uh, James or Jaime Burns France says, uh, Mel, talk about uh, the superchargers and I did. I love it. It's fantastic. Many are coming. I still want more because I can't get enough. Somebody sent us chocolate. Mark, where's the chocolate? Bayer, where's the chocolate, Cece? Cece. Cece. Mark, Cece. She's not listening. She's on the phone. She's not paying attention. Mark Bayer sending us some chocolate. Hello. Andy Rosenberg. Four pounds? Thanks, Mark. That's enough chocolate for all of us. Yeah. Andy Rosenberg is also uh, concerned about this. On the one hand, you've all been saying that autonomy is going to result in less cars. And then Elon said, because everybody's going to want to have a cheap car, take them everywhere, there's going to be more cars. What is going on here? I actually tried to look up some papers to do mathematical modeling on that, do mathematical modeling on this. <laughs> Haven't found one yet, but I'm going to find out. Surely somebody at MIT has been modeling this and they'll tell us what's Maybe going on. Maybe you should just start doing some mathematical mo- modeling, Mel. It seems yeah. to be right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, as long as it's not more than one plus one, it'll be good. <laughs> Sandeep Vora says... Um, don't buy the Tesla roof is what he said, Mel. Yeah, he said, Mel, don't buy the solar roof because you're a bit of a whiner. And if it's not perfect, you're going to spend all your time on talking Tesla whining about that. A bit of a whiner? And I say, no, bad, wrong. I'm getting it as soon as I can. Because it turns out they're not going to build it at the Baltimore Gigafactory. They're going to be building it... Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. Baltimore. <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Same thing. Um, they're going to be building it here in California. What? Yes, the original ones are going to come from California, so I should be right up on the top of the list, right? Where in California did they say? Where the factory? At the Cylindra plant that went broke. Which is where? Which is, I don't know where, but somewhere in California. In what city? Mm, I don't know. Interesting. There are so many things I don't know. That is cool. Now, this is uh, Nick Brennan who says, you know, the wavy lines thing, uh, Mm -hmm. enough already. Well, I've already answered that. Matt Obadiah. Um, says, uh, hey, I love the guy. I love the show. Uh, Robert's the smart one. Mm-hmm. If somebody doesn't want to pay for full self-driving, why don't they just sort of activate enhanced autopilot that uses four cameras? And then he wants to know, when is the 2170 cell going to make into the S and the X? And I say, I have no idea, but I'm guessing pretty soon because there's no point in making the old one if the new one is ready and the new one's got to be ready by July. It- so... Probably by then. Depends on where they're prioritizing it. Are they prioritizing it in the power wall? Are they prioritizing it in the power pack? Are they prioritizing it in the Model 3? They're making a lot of them. They're making them very quickly. Where are they? We don't know. I don't think anybody asked that question in the earnings call. That would have been a good one. It would have been. John Ford uh, asked me some Hi, questions. John. How you doing? Still listening. Still We're listening. Stoked. He's our uh, climate denier that uh, we love so much. Let's not call him that, please. Let's call oh. him something nice. He that it's a nice thing. It's okay. Fine. He's just trying to keep us in check. He keep is. us in check. But the one thing that he did uh, bring up that I think is really important, if you have not read the IPPC report, it is big. It is huge. It is enormous. There are summary statements of it. But I find it Really interesting reading because uh, the people that are thinking about this stuff and studying this stuff for the last 40 years, this is a beautiful summary. It is a long read, though. Oh, my gosh. A long read. But you see that it's really peer-reviewed, evidence-based. There's a lot. It's a very complex system, but it's pretty good stuff. So thanks for reminding me to tell people to go read that thing. Now, the next person's name, I can't possibly. Basil. Basil. Saba. Saba like Napa. I'm going to guess. Dazzle Napa. Basel or Basel Sabah. And uh, he wanted to talk about um, the length of the show. Now, let me just say something here. We're never, ever going to discuss the length of the show ever again. Because no matter what we do, Mm -hmm. it upsets the show will be as long as it will be. Joel Sapp, who is the founding member of the Talking Tesla Black Caucus, uh, goes through some uh, ideas about where or how you, what technologies you should use for autonomy. And he talks about bats and he talks about spiders and, and flying bugs. things no. and basically says like this, there's one 
quadrillion flying insects. Quintillion. There, quintillion. There are three million flying bats. Uh, so therefore, you have eight to nine orders of magnitude in favor of passive sensing, right. which is what your buggies use, not, versus your not active sensing yeah. that bats use. No, no lidar. So it's a the the whole answer to that question lies in evolution. I don't know really how we can extrapolate that, but that's good stuff. It says it says Elon's on the right track, and so is Tesla, and that's all that matters. Fabian is a dude who is in the uh, place that speaks uh, other other words. And he has listeners in Sweden, Norway, and Denmark. And uh, him and Anders, of course, because, you know, Fabian it's like and Bruce. Anders. And their podcast is called Tesla Podden. Tesla language. And he suggests that we should give them a little bit of a push. And we have. And we have Tesla Podden. And, uh, you know, they've got I, a lot of listeners and they're growing and good on them. I listened to the show. I didn't understand a word he was saying. And then I listened to Did it. Did it sound like this? No, that's me. I listened to it. I went to the Burbank <laughs> Supercharger. I went to the Burbank Supercharger and I plugged my car in and I went into the IKEA and I listened to it while having some Swedish meatballs and I still didn't understand it. That's, I thought that would weird. help if I was in the IKEA that maybe there'd be some sort of auto translate thing happening, but it didn't work out that way. No, it does. You don't uh, magically speak a new language when you go into. Are you IKEA. sure? Yeah, I thought, sure. I thought for sure. All you get there is some stuff to bolt together. All right. Uh, fair mm. enough. Fair enough. Um, another couple of people talking about the length of the show. Um, Patreon people, uh, Diego, uh, sort of liked uh, some of the stuff that I was doing with Patreon. But mm-hmm. we got somebody here, James Higgs, said, Mel, you're ranting on this uh, Patreon mm-hmm. video that you created. Mm-hmm. And you just need to calm down. Like, yeah, what's going don't on? Don't hang on to the anger. Let it go, brother. Serenity <sighs> now. Try the full lotus position that Robert uses for driving dangerously. Oh. Maybe just like in your kitchen. And, and like when you start to get a little anxious yeah. and your heart rate starts to, to, to elevate a little bit, yeah, yeah just, just sit there, close your eyes, stop making all that noise, Robert. That's why you're in the other room, by the way, in case you were wondering. <laughs> I feel more calm. That's you should. Good. And I want to shout out to Robert Bingham. Yes. Friend Robert. of the show. He uh, So recently, right, we had the SES-10 launch, which was the first use and reuse of a Falcon 9 mm-hmm. historic and look what I got here from Robert. Oh. One for Mel, oh. one for Tom, oh, Robert. one for me. T-shirts. Nice. And one for Cece. Robert, Robert, thank Robert you. you're too good to us. Robert, you're the man. Look, I just do want to thank the Patreon people as always, a group of people that are helping support the show, which is wonderful. I'm developing new things, uh, video and other stuff. And so a number of people have said, how about a video of the new studio? Yeah, that's what Chad said. It's not ready yet. There's a lot of work to be done upstairs, but we should be done in the next two weeks. So once it's done, I'll take you around. I'll yeah. show you the studio. Burned it's pretty, out light. It's Maybe a exciting. video of Robert's uh, trunk bits, which and, we still have yet Robert's to see. Bits. We I'm need ready. A video of Robert's I'm ready bits. to do it. I got my right. J1772 extender from Antony. Antony. All right. So you, bought, so you have all of your bits. They're got, in your new – Are now are your bits now in your frunk? Yeah. So I put the charging extra bits in the frunk – because the front does not hold my cooler for my ice cream anymore. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you're a Patreon uh, subscriber, I think there might be a video of uh, Robert's bits the in junk, your future. <laughs> the junk in his front. The junk as in it his front. <laughs> Maybe we have a name of a show. Oh, the, the junk, junk in the front. Front junk. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, his name is Rob. Tom. Boom. Mel. Boom. Ow. We're out. Ow. We're done. We'll talk to you soon. Maybe next week. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Probably. Even before Some if of you're us. a Patreon subscriber. Hard yeah. to know. And remember, Robert, 3177, I want to go to the next big Tesla event.
We don't put it out there, no. dude. Every show, everyone else is talking about it. They're going That's to the true. events. Send us a Twitter. Send us your reviews on iTunes. Do all that good stuff that because stuff. that's very, very important to get. If you love this show. And who doesn't? And you love the length of this show or you don't love the length of this show, whatever. Write a review about it. More people will hear about it. The more you review it, the more people can hear us act like idiots every single week. And that can only be a good thing. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by CC Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.